The reading today is from Luke 1, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. With his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Um, Thank you very much, Jenny, for reading for us. As we uh, approach Christmas, we've been looking at the topic of hope, uh, celebrating the hope that Christmas offers. Uh, And today I want us to ask an important question. Uh, Does Christmas offer a hope? that's still there even when life isn't going so well. It's easy to feel hopeful when everything's going your way and your future looks bright, but does Christmas offer a hope that's still there even when life isn't going so well? Uh, I want to show you an article that was in the paper this week. Uh, actually, I thought it was quite a good article. Uh, Christmas can really suck, uh, so stop expecting everyone to love it, uh, by Emily Olley. Uh, the article makes the simple point that for some, Christmas is a great time, Happy families, having a great time together, lots of fun. Uh, But that's not everyone's experience, and it would probably be helpful to stop pretending Christmas is always good for everyone. Uh, The article says, quote, Christmas for some can feel like a non-stop merry-go-round of social anxiety, consumerist propaganda. Uh, We can just ignore the irony of the article being sponsored by a big ad for Meyer and Barbie dolls on the the, um, left there. Uh, Christmas can feel like a non-stop merry-go-round of social anxiety, consumerist propaganda, broken homes, broken families, broken bank accounts, as all the year's issues are brought to the fore. Uh, that's, 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 that's right, I think, isn't it? Christmas isn't always easy. It, uh, it goes on. You might be struggling with the financial pressures of putting food on the table, be, be working through the festive period, choosing not to celebrate or have nowhere to spend the day. This may be your first Christmas without a loved one, your first Christmas with a Uh, with a chosen family or your first Christmas without a roof over your head. Uh, For a lot of people, 2022 has been pretty crap. Excuse the language. Perhaps some of those things apply to you. Uh, The article finishes by saying, but, all this aside, that doesn't mean that festive spirit can't live on. It talks about the importance of checking in with those who have had a harder year or are struggling, uh, trying to include those who perhaps don't have anywhere to go this Christmas. Good things like that. I think that's good advice. Uh, but I want us this morning to think, could, could we be even more ambitious? Could we go beyond, you know, Christmas is hard, so let's look after each other. Does Christmas perhaps even give us reason to celebrate hope even when life isn't going so well? Can Christmas offer a hope that's still there for people who are feeling left out, excluded, or downcast? Uh, We're going to ask this question by looking at the Song of Mary. That was the song that Jenny read for us. Uh, Because Mary is not someone for whom life is going well. Uh, She's certainly not a model of a happy, upper-middle-class family Christmas. She's down and out, she's poor, she's ostracised, she's a pregnant teenage girl. 
Uh, and yet Mary is able to sing one of the greatest songs of hope that's ever been written, the world's very first Christmas carol. Where does her hope come from? Where can, what can she teach us about where we should really look for Christmas hope? Could it be that there is hope for people who are downcast like Mary? Could that actually be uh, the hope that Christmas provides? Three questions to ask as we think about Mary's song then. Uh, it's the why, what and how. Why does she sing? What does she sing about and how might we respond? Why does she sing? What does she sing about and how might we respond? What hope does Christmas offer for those who life isn't perhaps going quite so well, for those who are feeling downcast? First question then, why does Mary sing? Uh, If you picked it up when Jenny read it out for us, Mary's song is one of great joy. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. It's a great song of joy. But what has, brought, what has brought Mary to this place of feeling so joyful? Because she hasn't had an easy time of it. Why is she singing with such joy? Let's, um, let's, let's go back and get familiar with Mary's story so far. We haven't uh, read it out yet, so we'll, we'll have a look at it together. Uh, we'll get it on the screen. Uh, Mary's story, if you've got your Bibles, it starts back at verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Uh, here it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, we looked at the story of Elizabeth uh, and Zechariah last week. Elizabeth is an older woman, past childbearing years, and hasn't been able to have kids. Uh, and she, miraculously, she's now pregnant with her son, John. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Here's Mary. She's a young girl. She's from a little backwater town called Nazareth. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is a, this is a stunning announcement, isn't it? Verse 34, how would, how would this be, Mary asked, since I am a virgin? For those who were here last week, uh, you, you might remember this isn't so different to what Zechariah said when Zechariah um, was given a similar angel announcement last week. He also asked a question, but whereas Zechariah last week, he said, how will, I, how will I know this will happen? Mary, by contrast, just says, how will it be? She, she just wants to know the details. How's God going to do this? There's no, there's no question of her knowing whether it's going to happen or not. It's just how is this going to play out? She has complete trust in what the angel has told her. And the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I I think it's pretty hard to imagine what Mary might have been feeling here. Uh, We can sort of try and do the let's try and put ourselves in her shoes thing, although I think even that's really hard to do. Um, She's she's very faithful. We can see that here for sure. We sort of have this picture of a young girl 
Generally, they say Mary probably would have been 14, 15, 16, um, something, something in there. Uh, and she's poor. She's from a very small, out-of-the-way town, Nazareth. Uh, we know she's suddenly been told she's pregnant. Um, that's, that's a pretty big deal, right? I mean, a society where sex outside of marriage was very taboo and often had very serious ramifications. Uh, she's, she's pledged to be married, and for all she knows, that might now not go ahead now that she's with child. We don't know how she reacted to this news. We don't know if she quickly shared the news with her friends, the other people from her town. Maybe she told her parents. Maybe she told uh, her family. How would they have taken it? Uh, was, was that all very humiliating? Did she have her name dragged through the mud? Were all sorts of people um, speculating about why she was pregnant? Uh, did she instead maybe just keep, a, keep it all a big secret out of, uh, out of feelings of shame? We don't, we, don't, we don't know what she went through. We don't have the answers to those questions. We just have what the text tells us. Uh, but the text doesn't immediately launch into Mary's song. We know that Mary's not... Well, we, we don't have any clue that she's immediately happy. Actually, what the text says is that uh, here in verse 39, um, Mary immediately got ready and hurried away. I actually I think, think we get the picture of a pretty confused young girl, pretty desperate, downcast, not fitting in with society's norms, no money to her name. Uh, I think this is a picture of the person who wouldn't normally have all that much reason for joy or celebration at Christmas time. Makes me, um, makes me think of perhaps an awkward uh, teenager sitting around the Christmas lunch table, um, not really kind of wanting to be there. There's the awkward relatives that you don't know very well. Uh, maybe great Auntie Joan makes a comment about her belly swollen up a bit. You haven't got yourself knocked up, have you? Um, not really knowing what to say. Uh, Mary would be feeling awkward. Not, no surprise, I think, that she wants to get out of there. She wants to hurry away. And of course, she has also had a little hint about Elizabeth, her relative, who also seems to have had a miraculous pregnancy. Uh, maybe, so then maybe Elizabeth is someone that Mary can go to. Maybe Elizabeth is someone she can talk to. Uh, maybe at least Elizabeth's house is somewhere where she can uh, lay low for a while. I can see, we can see why she would want to do that. And so it says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, uh, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week, you might remember, it was, uh, it was Zechariah who was filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth's husband. But here it's Elizabeth herself and she speaks an amazing word that seems to come from God. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I don't, I don't know what Mary was expecting to find when she got to Zechariah and Elizabeth's place. Uh, Zechariah was a priest. Elizabeth was from a priestly line. So these were probably people who were a lot better off than Mary was. Um, I, you know, lots of us probably have some rich relatives that you see uh, just once a year at Christmas. I, I, I don't know if it's that sort of situation. I doubt Mary probably knew Zachariah and Elizabeth very well. Uh, she's a lot younger than them, of course. She's probably uh, intimidated. She's probably scared. I kind of imagine she probably plucked up the courage. She was going to tell Elizabeth the truth about what happened with the angel and um, share with her that she was pregnant. I can imagine her kind of sheepishly, sheepishly knocking on the door, uh, Zachariah opens it up and, and, and gestures her inside. That's weird. Why is Zachariah not talking? That's weird. Um, but then she sees Elizabeth and Elizabeth is so excited because the Holy Spirit has shown her exactly what's going on. And Elizabeth is overwhelmed with joy. Blessed are you among women 
Blessed is the child you will bear. This, this baby in my womb just leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I, I can imagine tears of relief, joy, uh, an overwhelming sense of emotion. And here it is that Mary now, now after this, she sings her song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. You can just feel the relief and the joy coming out, can't you? And it's not, it's not because the angels just come to her, it's because she's now heard these encouraging words uh, given to her by God, via the Holy Spirit, via Elizabeth. Why does she sing? Well, she's, she's still in a pretty difficult situation. She still faces a lot of uncertainty. I don't know, we don't know if she's got any clue at the moment whether Joseph's remotely interested in still marrying her. Um, but she sings because, as she says, the Mighty One has done great things for her. God has done great things for her. God has spoken to her by the angel, by Elizabeth. God has given her great promises about her son, God is using her mightily for his kingdom purposes. And as she says, all generations will call her blessed. And that, that's true, isn't it? We, we look back at Mary today. Um, even, you know, you, you go down to the Christmas pageant, and there'll probably be a, a nativity scene. Mary will be there. We all remember the special role uh, that Mary played in God's plans. Uh, we remember that every Christmas. That doesn't mean, by the way, just as an aside, that um, we, we believe here that we should pray to Mary or worship Mary. We don't believe things like Mary being without sin or that Mary was a virgin her whole life or that uh, Mary never died. Some, some people believe that, that Mary at the end of her life was taken up to heaven, uh, that she never died. The, the, you'll find those beliefs, particularly in the Roman Catholic world, uh, but you won't find those beliefs in the Bible. The Bible paints a picture of Mary simply being much more like us. She's a normal, sinful human, but she is one who's very honourable, one that we should, we should count as blessed. She was a faithful servant who trusted God and was used by God for his kingdom purposes. That's why Mary sings. What about our second point then? What does she sing about? We've seen the beginning of Mary's song, words of great joy. Uh, but the song goes on. Mary, Mary now actually expands her song to be much more about than uh, just about herself. Have a look with me at verse 50. Mary sings, His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary has experienced God's grace and mercy, but now she says, remarkably, his mercy goes way beyond that. It's for everyone who fears God from generation to generation. Mary, Mary has trusted God and he's been gracious to her, but she understands his mercy is for everyone who trusts him. Everyone who fears him throughout the generations, throughout the centuries, we hear, we might be sitting here 2,000 years later, but we can hear God's words as we read them in the Bible. We can trust in his promises. We can be used by him for kingdom purposes. We all can sing along with Mary's song of joy if we choose to trust and fear him. But what does it take to really trust God, to fear God, which, which by the way, fear God is less about being scared and more about seeing how big he is and being rightly aware of our place before him. What does it, what does it take to trust God, to fear God? It takes humility. It takes, re, takes realising that we're in need, that we need his help, realising that we can't do it ourselves. 
And this really is what Mary goes on to sing about. She's singing about how God is a God who uses the humble. She's already sung that God was mindful of her in her humble state. Now in verse 51, she sings, He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their most inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is a song that celebrates hope for the humble, hope for the downcast, the rulers brought down, the humble lifted up, the proud scattered, the rich sent away, the hungry filled with good things. Mary, of course, knows what it is to be humble, doesn't she? Poor. She may well have just gone through a huge humiliation in her hometown, found to be pregnant and and claiming that it's from the Holy Spirit. Quite possibly she's feeling like an outcast, not not fitting in with uh, society's norms, and yet God is using her, and God has been faithful to her. Uh, The article from the paper that I showed you at the start, it was arguing that uh, Christmas is Christmas is fine for people who are going well. You know, people who have happy families. Of course, of course, it's good to celebrate at Christmas when you've got good things to celebrate. Uh, but but Christmas isn't so fun if you don't feel like you belong, or you don't have the money to celebrate, or your maybe your dreams of having a family haven't come to fruition, or your family isn't what it wish it, what you wish it was, or you don't have a family, or, or your mental health has been letting you down, or you've just had a hard, uh, crappy year, as the article put it. it the article says. If that's you, then you probably don't want to be celebrating at Christmas. You don't really have anything to celebrate. But actually, I think what we've seen with Mary is that if you're feeling humble, downcast, small, broken, uncertain, as you come into Christmas time, well, you are in a place where you can come humbly before God, fear Him, trust Him, listen to His promises, and have simple, humble trust that He loves you, He cares for you, He includes you, and He's ready to use you. If you know that this is who God is, that he came to earth humbly as a baby for you, well then however downcast you feel, Christmas can still give us a deep sense of hope and joy. Christmas does offer a hope that's still there when life isn't going so well. Actually, I think when we see the true meaning of Christmas, we see that that's probably when Christmas hope shines the brightest. Because if you've got your happy family, if life is going your way, if you do have lots to be thankful for, then, then praise God. Uh, but of course there is a danger, isn't there, in, in those things leading to a subtle pride. Um, you can sort of think, oh, look at this wonderful life that I've built for myself. Uh, look at this beautiful house that we have and all my beautiful decorations and my pretty beautiful perfect presents and my happy family. And uh, you can end up making your celebrations all about just those things. Um, celebrating a hope that comes from achieving great life goals rather than uh, celebrating the hope that comes from knowing a God who even uses the broken and the humiliated. Uh, I remember growing up, I I reckon probably lots of us could say something similar. For my family, uh, Christmas always had to be that day when we're on our best behaviour. There was always a certain amount of pressure. You know, we have to have at least one day a year to show that we're a good, happy, nice, uh, loving family. No drama on Christmas Day. Save it for Boxing Day. Um, that's why they call it Boxing Day. That's <laughs> what, I, what I always heard. Um, you might say that, that, that slowly but surely over the years, my, uh, my siblings and I wore our parents down. Now uh, Christmas is very relaxed. Now we, um, uh, you wouldn't come to my family Christmas and think that it's a, a very nice, proper family Christmas. We like to play games like who can spit the cherry stone into the cup in the middle of the table. 
Uh, of course, it's good for parents, isn't it, to teach good manners and it's good to have a day maybe where you um, can, can teach your kids and teach your families how to, how to be nice and kind to each other and gentle. Uh, but the danger, the danger, I think, comes when that can move to a subtle, a subtle pride or perhaps a subtle comparison. You know, that other family over there, they seem so perfect. They've got everything together. We have to show that we're just as good as them. And actually, real Christmas hope comes from knowing that we are not all that impressive. It comes from knowing that God is the God who uses the broken, uses the humble, uses the downcast. And so if that's how you're feeling as you come into Christmas this year, well, it might not mean that Christmas is a really easy time, uh, but what a reminder of the hope we have in God. Uh, Why Mary sings? What does she sing about? Uh, Our last point, how might we respond? Uh, I think Mary, we've looked at Mary together, I think she's a great example to us. Uh, She's found herself in a pretty difficult situation and rather than get get depressed, rather than get angry at God, she's shown us uh, where hope can be found, even uh, when the rest of life isn't going so well. And she's expressed it so wonderfully in this song. Uh, So how might we respond? Well, I think we can follow Mary's example in three ways. I think we can follow her example of joy, her example of humility, and her example of trust. Uh, so joy, thinking, thinking back to that article from the very start again, uh, that, that article implied that the things that bring you joy at Christmas, what were they? Uh, the functional family to belong to, happy kids running around, money to spend on presents, good food and drink to enjoy. And if you can tick off a few of those things, well then, um, then Christmas will be time, a time of joy. But if you can't, well then Christmas isn't going to be much fun. Uh, but we now, rather than looking at that, we can look to Mary. Where did her joy come from? Presents? I don't expect she had a big baby shower with all sorts of presents to open. Uh, The happy functional family? Nope. Uh, The high place in society and lots of respect? Nope, definitely not. Her joy came from God's promises to her, from God including her, from God using her. So where does your joy come from this Christmas? Uh, If you're looking forward to lots of fun and celebration next week, I certainly include myself in that category. We've got some great decorations up at our house. Um, We've got some great presents picked out this week. We've got uh, this year, we've got lots to celebrate. Uh, But look, if if you've got a great Christmas to look forward to this year, what we need to do is we need to remember that our joy doesn't come from the celebrations. We don't celebrate for the sake of celebrating. Our celebrations are best when they point to the joy in being known by God, the joy in being included by God, used by God. And all of that is only possible because of Jesus, who came and lived among us and died for us, and because we belong to him. Remember where our joy comes from. But on the other hand, if, you, if you're not so much looking forward to Christmas this year, Christmas might be bringing up hard things for you. Life might be hard at the moment. You might feel like you have nowhere to go and celebrate. Um, and, but by the way, if you, if you do have nowhere to go and celebrate next week, do let us know, because you know, we're a church family here and we're really keen to uh, make sure people have places where they can go and celebrate. I'm sure we have loads of people who would love to welcome you into their celebrations. But if any of that's you this Christmas, well, Christmas might still be hard, but if you trust in Jesus, you are known by God, you're included in God's kingdom. He's using you. You can still have that joy that Mary had. So will you come to Christmas this year with that sort of joy? What about humility? We've, we've read today that God scatters the proud, that he brings down rulers, that he sends away the rich. Uh, actually, that can be quite a challenging word to some of us, can't it? 
Um, especially if you know that you know, in about a week's time you'll be sitting down to a full table with way more than you could possibly eat, opening presents that you don't need. Uh, and so as we read Mary's song, we kind of might default to thinking, oh, great, I'm one of those humble ones that's going to be lifted up. Yeah, God's, you know, great, great, good for me. But there is a danger, actually, isn't there? We're Australians. We're pretty well off on the global scale. Could we actually be on the other side? Could we be the rich ones, the powerful ones um, that are perhaps not looking so good in Mary's song? Uh, Well, no doubt there are reminders in what we've read of our need to be generous, the um, the responsibility we have to be generous with our time and our money and our um, things like that. But I don't actually think the key point to Mary's song is about uh, the idea that if you've been blessed with nice things, if you're slightly more well-off, then that means God's against you or anything like that. I think the root of the issue is around humility. What does it mean for us to be humble like Mary? Uh, What does it mean to be humble? I read a great quote this week. Um, from a guy called Kevin DeYoung. I thought it was very helpful. Uh, What what does it really mean to be humble? Uh, This is what he says. Humility is walking throughout life with this profound realisation every day. God has given me a lot more than I deserved. Humility means walking around with this profound realisation every day. God has given me a lot more than I deserved. What a great thing to remember this Christmas time as you pray over Christmas lunch. Wouldn't this be a great thing to remember? God's given us... Way more than we've deserved. And as you open a Christmas present, God has given me a lot more than I deserved. As you spend time with great family, God has given me a lot more than I deserved. God is such a generous God. He came to earth as Jesus, died for us, includes us, uses us, and yet he still goes on giving us just more and more good gifts. Uh, This is the kind of thinking that leads to a heart that's generous, a heart that's grateful. Uh, We have so much to be thankful for. And think for a minute, we've read this quote, think, think for a minute if you uh, were to twist the quote around what it would mean to be not humble, you might think, well actually I deserve all these good things at Christmas, you know I deserve that perfect day next Sunday, I'm entitled to all those presents, I deserve people treating me well. And you can see how the opposite of that uh, leads to that kind of toxic pride kind of thinking, can't you? Well we come to Christmas this year full of humility and full of gratefulness for what we have Joy, humility, trust. Uh, Of all the things we've seen from Mary in our story today, uh, I think it's her trust that really shines through for me the strongest. The angel comes to tell her about uh, about her baby and she believes. Uh, When she's told how it's going to happen, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then when she comes to Elizabeth, Elizabeth puts it well. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She believed, she trusted in God's promises. Uh, I know for lots of us, 2022 has been a hard year. Um, I'll say it one more time. The article in the paper said it, said it well, I think. For lots of, uh, lots of us, 2022 has been pretty crap. I saw a joke on the internet this week. It said, um, as we go into 2023, could everyone please, community service announcement, could everyone please just not touch anything? Um, can we please just have a normal year next year? Um, But we know too that brokenness is part of life. Pain is part of life. Loss is part of life. It will come. And when we go through hard things, it can be hard to trust what God is doing sometimes. I'm sure there were times that Mary wished she wasn't pregnant, uh, probably on that walk down to um, Judea, hey? Uh, She she probably wished that the angel had never come to her. There was probably times she wished she was just a normal person, a normal life, um, but still she trusted She knew that God is a good God who has good things in store for us. And most ultimately, he has a good eternal kingdom for us to belong to, a kingdom 
we can only belong to because of Mary's son. I'm sure it was hard for Mary to be trusting God, but look at what God was doing through her, something that has huge ramifications even for us here 2,000 years later. If you're struggling to trust God as we get to the end of this year, as we, as we come to celebrate Christmas, remember this. He's given us his good promises. He's faithful to those promises. He knows what he's doing. He knows the end from the beginning. There is great hope for those who trust in him. Uh, Elizabeth said it of Mary. Would Elizabeth be able to say it about, her, say it about us? Blessed is, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed are those who have believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to them. Do we believe? Uh, Will we this Christmas come to God with that joy? Will we this Christmas come to God with humility? Will we come with that trust in the good God? Because if we do come with those things, whatever else is going on in life, we have great reason to celebrate, great reason for hope. I'm going to pray. Let me invite our band to come up. We're going to sing in response a wonderful Christmas carol. As they come up, let me pray for us. God, you are a God of grace, a God who gives us so much. There could be no greater gift than that of your son, Jesus, born for us. We know that there are lots of things around Christmas that can be hard. We know that all of us who live long lives will go through hard Christmases. Help us to still feel the joy of knowing Jesus being included in him, being used by him like Mary was. Help us to be humble, help us to be grateful, help us to trust in you. Today we raise our promises, our praises to you, knowing that you are the good God, celebrating the hope that you've given us. Amen. Amen.